download episodes of previous shows. Sign up for the newsletter so you never miss an update. Welcome to the podcast. It is the Riot Podcast. It's myself, Isaiah, filling in for Hudson as he is on a short vacation. Thank you for filling Nikki. in, by the way. Of course. Everybody you know, loves fun. to hear about you and your ways. Yeah. Your... It was a better show today. <laughs> Yesterday, there you was some backlash. <laughs> I was okay with it because I brought it upon myself, sure. but people didn't like my taste in food. Well, today we talk about foods that we do like and if that matches Isaiah's likes or dislikes. And my favorite was when one person was like, I don't want to be offensive, but like, how old is Isaiah? Yeah, they were, <laughs> I got quoted as being a seven-year-old. There was some mean text coming through. But then they were like, how old is he actually? Like, is he like, is there like a 15-year-old in there? Is he, is he 12? How old is he? <laughs> And I was like, well, I'm, tw- I'm 23, yeah. so I'm old enough to know what I like and don't like. That's right. And I said, at this point in my life, I know what I like. I'm a man. I'll eat the food I want to eat, and if I don't like it, <laughs> I don't want I, it. I just don't want it. You so know, we talked a it. bit about that. Um, so if you ever want to chime in and get involved, even after you know the uh, podcast, just text us at eight seven seven two radio u anytime, especially over this weekend. If there's something you want us to talk about on Monday, send it our way, and we'll talk to you then. We also touched on some of the shortages that are happening, mm-hmm. and one of the shortages. That ended up working out in a pretty good way is the bus shortage ah. because they, the high school couldn't get a school bus to come, so instead they ordered a party bus, Ooh. which I'm sure all the <laughs> high schoolers are very happy about. That made their whole high school career. Oh, yeah. Right They're like, remember when we got that party bus instead of the school bus <laughs> and we took it on our field trip? So, yeah, there was a lot of fun details with that, but, yeah, there was a full-out literal party bus. Uh, we talked about that. We also talked about how... So in New York, there's more people back in the office than there has been in a long time, and the number is still relatively low. It is. So they're trying to, like, what is Wall Street trying to do to get people to come back in the office? And if they're all back in the office to have them happy, you'd be surprised at some of the methods they are using. Yeah, they're bringing, they're tugging at the heartstrings, I would say. And another category of people that are tugging at the heartstrings is the millennials because they have the most pets of anybody at 76% have a dog or a cat, which is like three, every, every three and four people yeah. that are that age, which is actually a really, really high number. And since I have three, I am really increasing that. You're like, what, 210%? <laughs> <laughs> I try to be an overachiever, and I also can't say no. Yeah, if I had <laughs> more than I if I it. had more than just the one, I, would, I wouldn't I would even be able to come to work. I'd be pulling think, my hair out. No, you'd do better. You'd be surprised, because if you have more than one dog, same thing with cats. Like, they, they can sometimes keep each other company, because yeah, I think your dog, be Jim, is bored. He is bored, for and sure. And so his thing when he's bored, he's like, well, I'm just going to pee. Yeah, well, you know, since... 
I don't really have that much to do. I'm just going to pee in your bed. That seems like uh, maybe that'll get you riled up and play with me. How do you like that, Dad? Yeah, I'll get, how about I get some attention by just pooping in the house? That's and a good instead, way to get attention. If he had another little doggy friend, he'd be like, yeah. I'm not bored anymore, uh, but they'd probably still pee in your bed. If I got another dog, it could, well, number one, it could not be a puppy. There's oh, yeah. no way I'm doing that again. Yeah. And it would have to be like a four or five year old, maybe even like a seven year old oh, dog. You need it's a like your dog. It's just like chill that he can kind of like kind of act like, you know, mm-hmm. he's already, he can grow up a little bit. Right now, he's just a puppy. He does whatever he wants, and he's terrible. Well, set Oh, He is. He's, t- he's a weasel. He's like he's this creature that I allow to live in my house, and I don't know why, because he shows me no respect. He pees on the floor, and then does, he's not even sad. He's like, some dogs know when they do something bad, and they'll, like, they'll like hide, and their ears will like get tucked away. When he does something bad, his head is held high. He puffs his chest out. He he's acts proud. Like, he's proud that he peed in the house, and he does not care. He'll wag his tail. Like He has no idea they did something wrong, well, which is the worst. Feel free if you like to look at the adoption options for pets. Feel free to send any good ones for yeah, a older than five-year-old dog to Isaiah. <laughs> and if you're looking to adopt a pet, there's this really cute guy. His name's Jim. Oh, yeah. he he's a seven-month-old basset hound, <laughs> and he could use a home that he can pee in. And dude, at this point, seven months is not as much a puppy anymore. That's what I said. Like you're, I said you're not a puppy. <laughs> you're really pushing it on that, Jim. So just yeah, so I you know. know. So make sure you text. Enjoy the podcast. Text 877-2-RADIO-U or join us at Radio U on Facebook. Uh, and Radio U Riot. We hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. If you missed out on the next Riot moment when it originally aired, you don't know how lucky you are. You're listening to the Worst of the Riot podcast. And Nikki, you know there's like a million shortages going on right now. The list is long, and if you're like, no, it hasn't impacted me, give it a moment because you're going to find out about another thing that's a shortage here. It's only a matter of time before you're affected. But most of the things we bring up on here are like bad things that are missing. But this ended up being a really cool thing because (laughs) they were so short on bus drivers a high school hired a party bus so they didn't have to cancel their scavenger hunt. So it was a 11th grade, like, a, um, a trip they were doing? Yeah, it was like a field trip to do literally a scavenger hunt. That's fun. And they hired a party bus because all the other buses weren't in I, I weren't in commission, I guess. So the it's the bus driver thing that's really the shortage part because yeah. uh, what we were talking about was it Massachusetts a few weeks ago where they had to, like, activate the National Guard yes, yes, to yes. bring in people to be able to drive school buses for in their area uh school bus drivers just it looks like it pays pretty good but there's just not enough of them uh so then they had to go with the party bus and if you are think about if you're like an 11th grader and you're going on a field trip how much cooler is it like you don't even really care about the field trip at this point just riding in the party bus alone that's enough of a trip for me like if i get to go on the party bus take me around for a half an hour or so bring me back to school like that's a field trip on its own i don't need to do the scavenger hunt no no you feel bad for like the school plays because i mean way to think outside the box you you got the the field trip to happen uh, but I'm sure people are a bit upset. It has all the party bus, um, how do we say, accessories? Yeah, all the fun <laughs> stuff that, that the adults of one of the party bus, the kids also had. They so. probably were not allowed to touch anything. No, I bet, uh, I bet there had to be some rules laid down right when you got there. Like, okay, boys, girls, we do not touch anything. Everyone just it. stay in your seats. Just act like it's a normal bus. Act like it's a normal bus. Well, it's a company called Deluxe Limousine, and they said it's the first time that they've had a party bus uh, company hired by a school. Yeah, well, you think about it, too. They probably were just as surprised as the 
the school was that they yeah. were getting a phone call like, hey, can you take our 11th graders on a uh, scavenger hunt? And they were like, what the heck? Like, Typically, we just take people out and we have a good time, <laughs> but we will take your 11th graders if you want. Well, the uh, it was a tweet done by one of the English teachers, and that's been deleted. So I think the school district just doesn't want anybody to talk about it anymore. Uh, but they did have to hire the deluxe limousine, and it was a party bus, a 50-person party bus and it had all the stuff it had lights uh sound system you could have done like karaoke in there no way uh, but they just were using it to take them for their scavenger hunt well you think about all the all the different accessories i'd be kind of upset too if i was on the party bus and i didn't get to like do the karaoke and do the whole nine yards like if you're paying for it might as well if they're gonna let you do it you might as well let the kids do it right <laughs> the bus shortage um is for usually school buses uh but if you want to be a party bus driver that'll make you about 30 to 35 dollars an hour that's pretty good. I yeah. feel like that's pretty good. And if you're, if you're, it says if you're a regular bus driver, it's just under twenty dollars an hour. That also feels pretty good. But no one, it's is, is it a lost art? I don't yeah. know how else to say it. Like, does anybody want to be a bus driver? Like, why? I mean, I, I would never want to be a bus driver because I don't want to have to be in charge of a bunch of kids, <laughs> high schoolers, middle schoolers, elementary schoolers. Like, I don't want to be the one in charge. It's almost like being a teacher, but you're on a bus. But like, would, you have to watch everybody. <laughs> that's a good way but to drive it. at the same time. You don't want to be a moving. Teacher. No, 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 no. I don't. I just don't want to be liable for all these people on the bus. I can't. I'm looking through like the rearview mirror. Like when I'm driving my car alone, I'm stressed out. Let alone having like 60 fifth graders behind me screaming at each other. But they're supposed to just sit down. You remember yeah. how it was in the bus? You just that's sat what you're down supposed for a to do. Bit. But then the entire ride, somebody's getting yelled at. Sit down. You're you're in the aisle. Get out of the aisle. I can't see in my mirror. There's too much going on. <laughs> I think it'd be an amazing one because then you just yell every so often from when you're bus driving. Oh yeah. Just just yell, sit down or be quiet. Sit down back there. <laughs> Enough. I see you. And Chris, it it's been six days in a row. <laughs> Listen, it doesn't mean if anything's going wrong. You just yeah. throw that out. Oh, yeah. Every so often. And then they just think, oh, I don't want to mess with Isaiah. No. Everybody sit down. Be quiet. No, my bus would be no talking. <laughs> you can play on your phones. Do whatever you want. Headphones in. But I want no conversation. You- yeah. <laughs> you were one of the lucky few who missed the riot when they were live. Yet here you are. I also like to live dangerously. This is the worst of the Riot Podcast. And Nikki, is it ever tough for you to just wake up in the morning? Well, I think it's, uh, it is. It's not like you hate your job, but we get up so early that we hate the moment. When you're just done sleeping. When you when the alarm goes off and you're like, is this really my life? When you know that's over and like yeah. you can't fall asleep again. The relaxation time is over and you yeah. lay there for a second and you're like, if I don't get up, <laughs> what happens? That's what I go through every single morning. If I don't get up, how bad what, would it be? What happens? Like if I don't show up to work today, how much trouble would I be in? And I go through the same scenario every single day of I'd be in a lot of trouble. I have to get up and go to work. And I don't know if we just haven't given ourselves enough time, but like I feel like uh, if you worked later in the morning, you know, you might get up, maybe watch a show or something, eat a uh, breakfast that lasts a little bit longer, go do some stuff. We have so little time before work actually starts that, you know, you don't get to do any of that. No, you don't get to do any. But wouldn't it be a little bit nicer if we came in and there were like dogs running around and we were getting like free gym memberships and all (laughs) kinds of nice little interviews enticing things to come back into work because in New York, they just hit the highest percentage of people back in the office 
in almost the entire pandemic, which is 30 percent. Oh, that's that's only it. 30%. Oh, I thought it was going to be more than that. I thought it was, too. They but say it especially like in the Wall Street area, it's just really hard to get people back. And so they're using incentives to have people um, return to work and be happier with their return to work. Yeah, some of them are free meals, gym memberships, group therapy, and even allowing their dogs in the office. Did you see the therapy puppies? I did not see the therapy puppies. One company just brought therapy puppies in for people who came back this month to work, so that way they would just have, like, even if you didn't have a dog at home, there was a dog at work. See, I, I thought that we didn't get enticed by anything, but then I remember that we come in every single day to, like, free snacks. And so maybe <laughs> that's, like, our enticing thing is if you come in every now and then, like, there will just be donuts here or we'll have new chips or Pop-Tarts or Rice Krispies or cookies or something's here. It is good. Food is our love language. I understand that. but And we also have dogs at home, so it's not like yeah. sometimes going to work is the break you get from your dog. It is. <laughs> it li- as sad as that makes me feel, it literally is. If I can get away from the house just for a little bit, when I pull back into the driveway, because he's a puppy, if he was like a fully grown dog, it wouldn't be as bad, but he wreaks havoc on this house. Like, he wreaks you need havoc. A break. I, I pull back into the driveway, and I'm like, dang, let me just sit here for like a minute or two and just enjoy like the silence. Because when I go in there, it is full on <laughs> chaos. Well, maybe your dog, what if he found out too? He's like, you mean I could have been going to work with you and yeah. you did not bring me in? Yeah, if, if we were, even if you said like, you could bring your dog in tomorrow i'd be like well i don't know if he's ready <laughs> william i love your text william says my work enticement is they'll give you a paycheck yeah. yeah that's how most places are but if you want to go back to work in new york city or in wall street area they're trying to give you other things like yes the gym membership or you get food i always wanted to work at one of those places where they call it like a campus oh yeah and everything's in it like you can get your hair cut you can go work out exactly that's what i think would be really fun uh even though i know like those are the big places and they're like yeah but you're just a part of the machine but listen i'm I'm fine with being a part of the machine a free machine i'll be the thing that hits that hits them on the door as they go out i'll be the back door of the machine if we need to be if i'm getting if there's a cafeteria there i can get a haircut it's just a one-stop shop so some places are still delaying the return to office plan, you know, like when they're the big companies. Yeah. But others um, are back in, and that seems to just keep increasing. And if you are going back into work, maybe see what your place is offering. Or you might just be one of the many of us that just have to go back into work. I know. When I read these stories, we never stopped working. We didn't yeah. We didn't get to work from home. We just kept coming into work. So it is a little bit different. and. Uh, I would still want to bring up therapy puppies as an oh, option. Yeah. Maybe if, I mean, if we're tossing out ideas, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to maybe bring in some really well-behaved dogs <laughs> that we could just pet. Why pay for so many streaming services that you don't really care about? When you can not really care about the riot for free. Radio U. And, Nikki, we've gotten to the point of the week now where we are so very close to getting to enjoy a little bit of happiness. We're almost done. I know you guys just have, like, we have the day, and then when the day's over, you're into the weekend. Uh, So the question is, is anybody going to do anything fun this weekend? We we work all week, and we're like, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited for the weekend. And the weekend comes, I'm like, well, maybe I just won't do anything. Well, I don't like hearing about your weekends, though, because Isaiah does things, and it really makes me feel bad that 
I barely went apple picking last weekend. <laughs> and outside of that, like, I don't do too much on the weekends. And you're the one who's like, well, I'm going here or there. Aren't you golfing this weekend? I'm golfing tomorrow as long as it doesn't rain. But my my roommate called me, like, on Wednesday. He was like, you know what we should do this weekend? We should golf while it's still kind of warm out and it's not too cold yet. So he Do said, you schedule a time? Oh, uh, yeah. Tea time's off at noon. We're going with two of our other friends. And we're going to do that, like, right in the middle of the day on Saturday. But that's and walking. Then, what are you doing? No, we're, we're not we're not walking. Oh, you get cards? We're getting the cards. <laughs> we're going to ride the carts around. That's, like, half the fun of golfing It's getting to drive to the go well, it just feels like a uh, that's a long commitment, so it I is. wasn't sure. It's going to be like a 12 to 4 type thing, and then afterwards, we'll probably all hang out and get dinner or do something fun, but for Saturday in the morning, we, we decide that we're just going to relax from uh, <laughs> whatever time we wake up until noon. That's our relaxation time, and then Sunday is also a relaxation day sure. where we just sit around and watch football all day long. Well, you got a weekend plan, don't you? Yeah, what about you, Nikki? Are you doing anything? Um. Well, I, and please text so I'm not the only one in case you don't know what this is i probably won't because you don't have netflix so i don't think you have ever maybe even watched this show but if anybody else is watching uh there's this show called the great british baking show have you not heard of it i can't tell by your face the great british what are you doing this weekend nikki uh well have you ever heard of this thing called the great british baking show but it's something okay it's been around for like years and it's had like controversial moments because they go through different hosts and stuff Uh, it's basically a, <laughs> it's a baking show. They're in a tent in like the, in England and they have contestants come and bake. And then each week one of them gets kicked off. So is this like a, is this like a thing you've been doing every weekend or is it like just starting? This is the new season today. Oh, so that's exciting then. And it runs similar, like around the same time as it does in the UK, because, uh, I think it was like. They, you don't want to look for spoilers because oh, yeah. it runs like the day before. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to – I was so bummed. I was planning on, like, the whole weekend. I forgot they don't release the whole thing at okay, once. Okay, so it's just, like, weekly, like it's every Friday or something? It's just one episode a week. So oh, that's the worst. That's I what I'm going to do. I hate when they do that. I, I hate it. I was so bummed. I hate it. So if anybody else is also watching the British Baking Show – uh, let me know. Or is anybody else going to golf like Isaiah? Because he's going outside. Yeah, I'm going outside, and Nikki's going to stay inside and watch her show. Are I you going to do? Are you going to watch it tonight? Or are you going to save it for like Saturday midday? Um, I was thinking lunch today. <laughs> lunch today? You can't do. You can't take the big thing for this weekend and yes, do it like halfway through the day today. You need to save it, <laughs> save it for tomorrow. Because if you do it lunch today, then like, what are you going to do the rest of the weekend? I know you're right. Maybe I should save it for like tomorrow night. Yeah, tomorrow night or something, so that you have something to look forward to. Because if you just knock it out. First thing when you get home, then you have the rest of the weekend where you're like, well. Well, thanks uh, to someone. You know, I wasn't invited to also go golfing. Oh. I took lessons. Well, I'm listen, not bad. Listen, listen. I, I didn't get invited to watch your baking show either. So. Oh, yeah, you're right. All right. We'll keep it separate. We'll keep it separate. You know, <laughs> next time we can go golfing together and well, then I can come back and watch this show that sounds interesting. There's a lot of episodes. I know you don't have Netflix, but if you borrow, like, you have someone. That yeah. I, I have, you I, have a family member that. Listen, I actually, this is going to sound really bad, but I I bought a, my TV for my house yeah. off of a Facebook marketplace. And so it was, someone had it before me, and no, they're it still is logged into their oh Netflix. And they have like five people, like they have like five li- different little characters or whatever on it. So oh they're never going to know that we use it because I assume if you have five people in your family, like people are getting on it probably in different places. Oh, they'll have no idea. So we're going to be bumming Isaiah! Netflix forever. 
I will never pay. I will never pay. Why does that work out so well for you? I know. We got on the TV. It's a smart TV. And we're like, oh, my gosh. Like, Netflix is already loaded on here. And for whatever reason, we just clicked on it. And it pops up dad, mom, Jessica, Andy. I'm like, well, let's log into dad's. <laughs> he won't notice. He'll never know. Dad's on again. Whatever. This is The Riot. Radio U. As I've come through the years, there's one thing that I am not good at, and that is throwing things. You can't? I cannot. You like, don't play baseball? I didn't play baseball. I played lacrosse. I played baseball when I was little, and it was like the one sport that I epically failed at. Like, I was just bad. I was really bad at baseball. Your, your parents knew not to just, they, it wasn't worth yeah, continuing. Yeah, they knew. They were like, okay, like, we don't need to continue this third grade. Like, that's enough. And then I switched <laughs> over to lacrosse in fourth grade, and then I played for a long time, and I was much better at that. But if I had to throw out a first pitch, I know for a fact that I would do a much better job than Conor McGregor. So we talked about it yesterday. Conor McGregor uh, threw out, it was at Wrigley Field. He did the ceremony pitch the other day, and it was awful. It was fast. I'll give him that. It was, it was a, powerful. It was a powerful throw, but he threw completely to the right. Like, it might as well have been to another stadium. Like, oh, it just yeah. was completely to the side, and everybody was making fun of Conor McGregor, you know, the fighter who always has something going on. Uh, and so everybody was making fun of him. Well, Conor McGregor now has an update based on him finding out that everybody's been making fun of him. Yeah, he said it's, he said it was the most powerful and fastest ceremonial pit first pitch in recent memory. Dude, this guy must be so... He's too much. He's way too much. Yeah. I don't know. He thinks I, I don't know if he thinks too highly of him. Like, oh, is you this know serious? He does. Is he being serious? It like, he has worse. to be joking. He says, "Put me in the Wrigley Hall of Fame for that rocket launch." That rocket launch. <laughs> you know, for first pitches, like throwing it fast and stuff. Like that's all nice and dandy, but getting it at the accuracy is what matters. Like if you throw a strike, I don't care if you lob it in there, if it goes six miles per hour, whatever it is, if it's like an accurate throw, hits the glove. That's way better than throwing a rocket to left field. Like I don't care if it looks incredible. You threw it really far, really fast. If it is right into the catcher's mitt, it does not matter. Well, Conor McGregor reminds me of someone who, like, can't say sorry or, like, no. can't say anything that maybe they did something wrong. Because to him, he says his pitch came with venom, composure, and <laughs> balance. And if you watch the Conor McGregor, uh, you know, like, the pitch that he did, it did not have composure. No, there was no composure. It I looked ridiculous. I don't know ridiculous. what the balance was. But to him, he said it was amazing, and he doesn't know what everybody's talking about. Well, if you look back at your film, typically you tell, it's kind of like when I talk on here and then I listen to myself talk, I'm like, why did I say it like that, you know? <laughs> and if he looked back at this video and he was like, composure, the, the strength of that, the power. When I look back at it, I'm like, what the heck was that? Like, you didn't even look comfortable. Didn't even look at the regular motion. Well, everybody was comparing him to 50 Cent, who 50 had Cent. A, also a very bad throw one time that he did. And Conor McGregor said, to have the audacity to compare mine with him, he was not into. So I, I would say that Conor McGregor's, like, he actually, like, came, like, with the heat. He was trying to throw it fast. Terrible accuracy, terrible form. But 50 Cent was almost embarrassing. My kids was... <laughs> He just looked like such a, like 50 Cent is like seems like such like a tough guy, but when he got up on the mound, 
He looked like the biggest weenie. Like when he threw that they thing, were, he took it like short armed it. It did not it did not look good. They were both bad, and none of them want to because it it doesn't seem like either of those guys are very humble, no. and they don't want to admit that it wasn't good. So Conor McGregor, uh, you know, he broke his leg during his last uh, big fight that he had, uh, so he does not return. To the oct uh, to the ring until next year. And if I was Conor McGregor, I would have used that as an excuse. I'd be like, well, you know, I was kind of like my legs kind of been the injured, balance. so like my balance wasn't right. It kind of threw a little bit to the right. But he's completely just ignoring that, and just saying it was great. Well, if you made fun of him for the Conor McGregor uh, throw that he did at Wrigley Field, he said it has composure, balance, and venom, and you don't know what you're talking about. You have no idea. <laughs> I think that you're probably in the right. The Riot Podcast. Radio View. Uh, so yesterday, I have a couple of text messages, Isaiah. Perfect. Uh, yesterday, we talked for a bit about uh, learning more about you. Yeah. And what makes you special? What makes you you? Something like that. And it seems to be that, uh, what do we say? You, I don't like things. You have the, the palate of a toddler. Whoa, it was a seven-year-old. It wasn't a toddler. It's it was a seven-year-old. Seven Basically, Isaiah seems to be into, as far as food goes, um, peanut butter and jelly, chicken, whoa, 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 chicken whoa. tenders, milk. Yes. Uh, anything else am I missing? Well, I mean, there's lots of other things, but those are some of the main ones that I go to on a daily basis. Yes, very simple. It is shocking how much Isaiah hates, and he hates it without even trying certain food. He says he just knows he doesn't need to try it. So yesterday we talked a lot with listeners about uh, foods that we hate to see if you also agree. Yeah. Uh, Tim, he got through yesterday's podcast. He texted in. He said uh, from yesterday that onions, and that was a lot of people's ones. Onions seems to be the main thing that everybody hates but i thought this morning let's take a different look at it maybe we should have been asking people what are our favorite food items and see if you like anything that we love that makes it a lot more fair because yesterday i was giving a lot of no's but i already have said like i'm a picky eater so if other people don't like it i'm very like there's, there's a high chance, high chance you i'm not gonna like it but if you like it and i don't like it then that makes it seem like a little bit worse you know so, so today if i perform poorly again then you're bad then i would look a lot worse <laughs> but i feel a lot better about today so if Everybody could just take a moment and text real quick at 877-2-RADIO-U and just tell me one thing, and it doesn't really need to be a meal. I'm trying to find, like, one-item things. of Like, like a baked potato. Yeah, like a potato or an apple or something like that to see if we can then compare if Isaiah hates it, has even tried it. That was a shocking thing. Isaiah has not tried it. But it was so many weird, it was so much weird stuff. Like, they said, like, escargot. They said, like, onions, tomatoes. Tomatoes is not weird. Mushrooms, no. all these weird things that no one really likes. Like, nobody would be like, oh, my gosh, I'm craving a mushroom. No one would ever say that. So, for me, I was like, I've never tried it, no, so nor do weird. I want to. Well, Isaiah, uh, Stephanie texted it. says, people call me a psychopath for loving to drink plain milk. So, that's an option. So, Stephanie likes plain milk, and you love milk. L listen, Stephanie, you are one of my top favorites right now. It's plain milk. There's nothing better than plain milk as a drink. I drink it with every single thing. So, if you want to come over, have a gallon on me. <laughs> You are more than welcome because I, anybody who's just a plain milk drinker, hats off to you because we go through it, man. Well, we go through it. We need to go through all the milk. So everybody text in just one item that you do like that's one of your favorite things, and then we'll see if Isaiah's even tried it. Everything you love about the Riot plus a handy-dandy fast-forward option. This is the Worst of the Riot Podcast.
about to either expose me or I'm going to kind of gain some traction back <laughs> by our listeners. Because of your quirky ways. So yesterday we talked foods we hate and Isaiah hates them all. Now it's time to talk about what's your favorite food because then I'm really curious. If Isaiah doesn't like any of this stuff, then he doesn't like anything at all. If you guys texted him weird stuff, I will be thoroughly upset, but I promise to tell the truth and only the truth. <laughs> so Tiffany says anything potatoes is fine with me and bacon. Do you like I those? I love both. Both. You like both. Love bacon and potatoes. Aaron's going with blueberry pancakes. Love blueberry pancakes, yes. What about lobster from Katie? Never tried it, but You've I never w- tried lobster. But I would be willing to try it. I'm not going to say I hate it. I've never really had an opportunity. Cuz I go to a, like a, a seafood restaurant, I really like shrimp, so I like always get shrimp. I've never tried lobster. I bet you would. I would I, I would I would try it. Uh it's also a little bit expensive. You need to find someone who will buy it for you. That's yeah. how you try it. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, well, whenever I go to a seafood restaurant, I'm like, do I want to spend $30? No. No, he does not. Kevin says, uh, let's see, cheese pizza. Love cheese pizza. Love pepperoni more, but I will eat cheese, yes. Ashley says waffles, not pancakes, waffles. Love wa- I had him on the show just a couple weeks ago. Love waffles. Uh, let's see, Leah says chocolate almond milk, or what about French toast? Not a big fan of almond milk. I have tried it. I'm not a huge fan. I've never tried chocolate, though. Maybe I'd like that more. I like pl- white milk, like plain white milk so much that almond milk kind of tastes weird. Uh, but I do like French toast, yes. Okay. Uh, Kelly says some of this stuff, I don't know if it's at I just wanted basic food items <laughs> just to see, but you guys are going all out with Kelly's choosing roasted cauliflower. No chance. No chance. Never tried it. It's roasted. I think fried would be better for me. He doesn't even like cauliflower. So no, I've never no tried to cauliflower, that. but I don't like it. Let's see. Mike says tacos. I like tacos, but my tacos are very plain tacos. I'm talking just like beef and cheese Tacos. That's the basic? Yeah, very basic. No lettuce, no no tomatoes, no anything like that. So Janet wonders, do you like Greek yogurt? Greek yogurt, I do like. I actually bought some yesterday. Hey! Yes, weird thing, but I do like Greek yogurt. Plain or do you mix something in it? I, it's plain. I eat it plain. How do you like that, but you don't like tomatoes or like what? basic stuff? Because it actually is, I like the texture of it. I like the being able to spoon it out. I don't know why. I like that, though. Oh, my gosh. I just You're not hearing it, but I shake my head a lot at him. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Did I mention the deep dish Chicago style? pizza from Brian. See, I like deep dish Chicago style, but it is not my preferred pizza style. Mm. I prefer more of a thin crust, but I will eat it, yes. Uh, let's see. Tim says Hawaiian pizza. I feel like that's a loaded question. No Because you know with Hawaiian pizza, everybody says, is that It's yes controversial no? as is, so you can't judge me for this, but no, I will not eat Hawaiian pizza. Uh, the question, though, is have you had I've Hawaii- never tried it. <laughs> I've never, but listen, I've never tried it, but I never will. Tim, enough, okay? Enough. Enough, Tim. <laughs> you put that in there just to get me. You you always say, and it's like, hey, oh, he must just really not like it. He's never tried never it. Never tried That's it, the Tim. Problem. I'm not trying it with you either. It's not going to happen. All right. Well, if anybody else has any other, uh, what is your favorite food item? Doesn't have to be anything too much. Just like, what is your single favorite food item to see if Isaiah has even tried it or even likes it? The worst podcast with the best listeners. This is the worst of the riot podcast. I'm a simple man. I like simple foods. Don't play it off like that. And I'm a picky eater, possibly. Yes. Don't play it off. You're like a minimalist when it comes to what you I just eat. Just like it uncomplicated, okay? Dude, you're just picky. It makes it easy on my girlfriend. She knows what I like and she knows what I don't like. I, oh, I don't ask for much. I don't ask for much. I still think your mom must have hated with all your pickiness with it. Oh yeah, she tried for a long time, and then after a while, you just give up. You, you know? just can't change you. No, you can't change. I'm so stubborn. feel free to text and say hi to Isaiah. He's filling in for Hudson.
Jackson. And we're finding out, okay, we talked yesterday foods that we hate. Does he hate them also? Now the real question is foods that we like. Does he still hate these foods because he's so picky? Uh, Laura asked it since we're almost to the holidays. Do you like gingerbread or eggnog? Oh, I don't like eggnog, but I do like gingerbread, yes. You will? Yes. I've not, actually, I've never tried eggnog. Oh, stop. But I know I wouldn't like it. I, I can smell it. I can smell it that I wouldn't like it. I've never tried it. I've smelled it. I don't like the smell, so I don't like it. See, that's the problem. He'll say he doesn't like it, but he's never tried most of these items. Grace says, are you more adventurous in life than in food? Yes, I am. I am. I'm it's, hard, it's, not, it's hard to be less adventurous in life than I am with food because I, I haven't tried a lot of things, <laughs> but I have done more things than I've tried, yes. Aaron asked, what about fettuccine Alfredo? Love fettuccine Alfredo. I prefer chicken Alfredo, but uh, fettuccine Alfredo is good, too. You don't? You just want some chicken in there? I just want there. chicken in you there. I don't, like just, like, I don't want just like the pasta, but if you throw the chicken in there, then it gives a little extra flavor. But I'm not a big mixer, so that's one of the things I do mix. Which is also like when we were kids. You don't want your food touching. No, I don't like food touching i prefer to have my things separate and i eat and i when i eat it i don't want it all mixed up together i hate i hate people that mix their food together if you're a food mixer you are the worst people i do i like it in a bowl and you just mix it all together no no well josh wanted to know about corned beef no no have you even had it never had it never had it ashley says Walk me through like a day then, Isaiah. What are you actually eating? Well, I, listen, okay, I, I eat a lot of food throughout the day. Like in the morning, I'll eat like a protein bar. And then for lunch, I'll go to like Chipotle and get a burrito. I'll go to Buffalo. I, got, I have leftover Buffalo Wild Wings this morning. Yesterday, I went to Panda Express. Um, and then at nighttime, <laughs> I don't know, I made like a French bread pizza. I'll make like chicken nuggets. I'll do like, I'll, I'll put things in the air fryer, like boneless wings or something. So and so I'm a chicken? normal person. I'm a normal person like everybody else. I'll order a pizza. That's one of our favorite things. Last, I night, can last, tell. Night, last night we got B dubs. Do I like I, wings. I feel like we got you spot on. Basically, if it's served at a football game, then yes. you're going to eat it. Yes, if it's a hamburger, <laughs> I'll eat chicken, all that kind of, all the good stuff. Everything that people want to eat every day, they just choose not to because they want to mix it up. William says, What about deep fried mac and cheese bites or even Ooh. like mac and cheese? Love mac and cheese bites, love mac and cheese. Big yeses. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ashley says, I'm not seeing much. Hopefully you take vitamins. <laughs> what? I get my healthy nutrients every day outside of anything that is green, but I do eat fruit. So do Nate, not eat vegetables. Nate says, hey, it's kind of off the subject, but I think it goes right along with what we find out that you eat and don't eat. Yeah. So Nate's trying to pinpoint your age. See, Nate, I wish you were on here so I could ask you how old you think I am. I am 13 years old now. <laughs> I'm 23. He's 23. I'm 23 years old. And he knows what old. he likes. I, knows what, I know what I like, and I know what I don't like. I'm a man. I've tried enough things in my lifetime to where I know what I want to eat, so why would I try something and put it on my plate if I might not like it? Well, Nate wanted to know, and he says, go Browns and Picky Eaters Unite. Oh, yes. I love it, Nate. <laughs> so if you want to say hey to Isaiah, or if you also hate everything but haven't tried it, uh, feel free to text and tell us your favorite food to 877-2-RADIO-U, and we can see if there's anything else Isaiah enjoys. See, today is much better than yesterday. Yesterday was a lot of haven't tried it, but I hate it because people were sending weird things. Hudson sees the glass is half empty. But get this. He thinks a glass half empty is good. The Riot. Radio U. Like we talk about a lot on the show, we both own pets. We do. That well, we enjoy. Well, who can own a pet? Don't say it that way. They're our but family. They're your, you're the family. Family of pets. <laughs> I. 
I own a little weasel that just happens to live inside of my house. I allow him to live there. He pees everywhere, and he eats all of our food, whether it's his food or my food. He has a puppy named Jim. And I allow him to live in my house. He's a wild animal. He allows you to live in the place that you pay for. He's pretty much taking dominance over the home. He's peed in my bed. He's peed on the floor. He's peed on the couch. Dude, Uh, you've got to get your dog to, like, a training school. The the worst thing is he is potty trained, but there's just sometimes where I just think it's, I don't know if it's, like, in defiance of me or if it's just, like, I don't really feel like going outside. It's kind of wet. It's kind of raining right now. Maybe I don't want to go outside and go pee, so instead I'm going to do it in your bed (laughs) just before bedtime. Just before. (laughs) But it turns out that 76% of millennials are pet parents, which is an extremely high number. That's three in every four. Everybody has pets, and a lot of people got doggies last year, too, and cats, too. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, pandemic pandemic puppies. Mm -hmm. And so when everybody was bored at home, they decided to get a dog, and now they all have, like, separation anxiety because they were with them nonstop. And you better not do anything if you go back to work and you can't take—you have to take care of your pet. Don't turn him back in. Oh, my gosh. That's the worst when I see people do that. No, you can—you cannot—you cannot. If if (laughs) I—I mean, Jim is a handful. Let me tell you, there's days where I'm like, dude— you're really making me upset, but I could never. Turn him in. Turn him in. I threaten it all the time, though. I'm like, Jim, you know well, what? Well, no wonder he's peeing on your if bed. If you don't start shaping up, you're going back. He's scared. No wonder. It's been like six months, but I'm telling you, I'll send you back. This recent survey said that 76% of, if you're 20 to 38, uh, and if you have a pet, half reporting they have dogs, 35% say that they own cats. Um, so the largest majority of the largest living generation, uh, which is millennials, we have pets in our homes. Um, so that's the target market now. So if you see like commercial for pet stuff, it's all targeting our age group because okay. everybody has a pet. And it also says which statements about their pets do they agree with? 50% said pampering their pet makes them happy. Oh, yeah. 42% says, I think of my pet as my own child, yep. which is fair. I like that, too. And then 42% also say spending more time at home has made me closer with my pet. I'd assume so. I do think of my as my pet. I think of Jim as my little son Aww. because my, my roommate will say, like, dude, this thing, he's terrible. I'm like, he's just my little prince, you know? Don't he's my you little say man. that about my son. He's my little man, okay? As <laughs> annoying as he is and as terrible as he is, he takes no direction. He's still my little dude, you know? Well, if you guys can text in and tell me the answer to this question, 877 radio u because I want to know if, if you're like or if you're not for this. Uh, 29%, I regularly purchase presents for my pet. A present by yesterday. See, that we were talking, me and my roommate were, because sometimes Jim gets in these moods where we're watch, trying to watch a game or just hang out, and he's, like, all over us. So yesterday I went to, when I went to the store, he was like, you need to get him something that'll last him a while, that yeah. can really, like, really make him, like, take a lot of time so that he's occupied for a long time and we want to watch a game or something. So yesterday I went to the store, and I bought the biggest bone I could possibly find. And Jim's only seven months old, so he's not like a big dog. This thing is bigger than his head. I brought it home. I was like, okay, I'm saving this for the Browns game on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, keep him busy. I'm going to give this to you. You can go hog wild on it wherever you want. I was like, but it's going to look hilarious because I don't even know if he'll be able to fit the thing in his mouth. But I'll he, have to take a picture of it so he can post it. So he hasn't seen it yet, though? No, he has not seen it. I've had it kind of around. I've hidden it for now. Uh, but he has a really, he's a bat down, so he has a great sniffer on him. Mm-hmm. And so he's constantly trying to find food or anything that smells good. So Isaiah's answer is yes. But does anybody else pay? or buy presents for their pet. 23% uh, buy higher quality pet food. Like, dude, you'll buy better food for your pet than you will for yourself. And the rest just includes, uh, yeah, the... 
I have gone without something to make a purchase for my pet instead. (laughs) The riot promise is that they'll always have an opinion on everything they talk about. But that doesn't mean any of their opinions will make sense. This is The Riot on Radio U. Yeah, and so, Nikki, I found this study here. That's kind of describing our lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It says our that healthy lifestyle. Our healthy lifestyle. <laughs> it says research reveals how missing out on sleep can make you have excessive snacking. So if you don't get enough sleep, then you're more likely to snack the next day because yeah. you're tired. They said that if you get, they did a study where the people with more than seven hours and the people with less than seven hours. So if you're reaching that seven hour mark, they're saying that's enough and you will not fall into the excessive snacking. Whereas if you're underneath of seven hours, then you will have some excessive snacking going on. But they did the study and they found that the diets, they said mainly at nighttime was when people were snacking. When you should be sleeping? Which I feel like that kind of goes together. Like if you're late night snacking, that's going to keep you up. And so you're going to get less sleep. I don't think like then the way to talk yourself out of this thing is I'm not snacking. I'm excessive mealing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I'm just getting my nutritional value in that I need every day. They say uh, if you're just tired, you tend to snack. You just need a little something to get you through the day or at nighttime. And if you snack, those foods are traditionally not as nutritionally good for you. You know, before I, I read into this, I was against it. I said, there's no way that if you're you're just staying up late to eat more or whatever, you're, the, the food is what's getting in the way of the sleep. But now I do agree after hearing that, that if I'm tired in the morning, I'm like, well, let me just go to the break room. Like if I get some chips in me, maybe that'll turn me around. I feel like you're just not able to say no as much. So they say that it is the main reason or just another reason, because this is all everybody tells us, is that we're supposed to stick to a, early on time bedtime that you have to get enough sleep you have to get enough rest so that you're doing better the next day um otherwise you're just we're a mess yeah we're just a mess (laughs) we're a mess sometimes see i have a sleep schedule and i go to the bed i go to bed at the exact same time every single night somewhere between 10 o'clock and 10 40 but even if i go to bed at 10 o'clock which is the earliest i go to bed i still will not attain these seven hours of sleep that i need i know we just get up too early but they say that that's not i mean it's not it doesn't count if you're going into bed you actually have to fall asleep because a lot of us we're i'm in bed i'm watching i'm in there i'm in there okay It's it's not enough so the screen time and the wind down activities and the relaxing and stuff uh Dude, this this one, they're like, you might need a sleep supplement. Oh, no. It's an attack. It's a full-on attack. It, so if you snack a lot and you really want to stop snacking, then you might need to be sleeping. Instead of snacking, just sleep. Just sleep instead. You know, that sounds better anyway. If you just go to bed earlier, you'll feel better the next day. You won't snack as much late at night, and you'll be much happier. But yet again, we fall asleep every single night at the same time and get no sleep. I just can't. Every time I want to snack, though, I can't sleep. Like, I can't nap that way. If I'm laying in bed and I'm hungry, let alone if I'm just laying in bed normally. Like, I have trouble (laughs) falling asleep anyway. But if I'm hungry, there's a 0% chance that I'm going to bed. Well, we all have a problem with it. I think we all understand it. But if. Uh, if possible, try to get more sleep, and they say that might make it better. Yeah, it'll make it a little bit better. You've made it all the way to the end of the worst of the riot. This show only exists because of support from listeners like you. Find out more and help out at radiou.com slash donate. Please follow us on Facebook and subscribe via iTunes.
Every day, thousands of hackers try to steal your crypto. But Arculus uses air-gapped technology by forming a protective barrier that insulates you from hackers and secures your crypto. Order yours at GetArculus.com. Live from a basement in Dubuque, Iowa. For I am Costanza, Lord of the Idiots. 30 minutes from the Field of Dreams and four hours from the closest professional sports team on the banks of the Mississippi River, it's the Friedman Fantasy Football Show with Matthew Friedman. It's Matt Friedman, the Oracle. Who's the Oracle? He's a fantasy football genius, okay? No wife, no job, just pure football knowledge. He just licked the hot dog. And now your host, Matthew Friedman. Hello, everyone. I'm Matt Friedman, Matt F. The Oracle. Welcome to my fantasy football show brought to you by Best TV and sponsored by FTN Network, where you can get all the season-long and daily fantasy and sports betting content that you need, including my fantasy football write-ups and my NFL sides, totals, and player props for the 2021 season. Use the highly original promo code FREEDMAN for 20% off of your FTN subscription. That is FREEDMAN for 20% off at FTN. Thanks for checking out our new show. Subscribe to the Best TV channel on YouTube, and please rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. In fact, multiple favorite podcast apps, if you love it that much. All right. It is Thursday night. We are recording this during Thursday Night Football because I hate fun, and I like to punish producer Tom, Thomas Viola, my sidekick on the controls, the connoisseur of pasta. Tom, it is the last fantasy show of the week, which means that it is time for a mailbag Let's get started. That is right. Our first question up in the mailbag today is going to come from Chest Rockwell, a.k.a. at Lion Twin One. And he says, do you think Javante is emerging in the Denver backfield or do you think it'll be a one-two punch for the entire year, Matt? All right. So Williams already leads the Broncos with 27 carries. Uh, he and Gordon have the exact same number of opportunities, uh, carries, plus targets. Uh, they're tied at 29. Gordon has outproduced him, uh, but that's on the strength of a 70-yard run. It still counts, but it's not predictive of future production. So big picture, in his first two NFL games, Williams has forced a split backfield already. He's younger. He's more athletic. He has a three-down skill set. He has day two with second round. He has second round draft capital invested in him. I mean, that's pretty impressive. I don't know if he's going to overtake Gordon, but I do know that um, if you look at the potential range of outcomes, it is skewed heavily in his favor. In a worst case scenario, I don't think he's going to be much less than he is right now. In a best case scenario, he just dominates in the second half of the season. So because of the skewed positive range of outcomes that he has, he's definitely someone that you should be targeting, very appealing. And I think it's worth trading for him with that potential in mind, with the idea that he really could be someone who takes over the Denver backfield. All right. The next question up on the board. This one comes from MMA Capper drifting over into the world of football at Capper MMA on Twitter says, who is, in your opinion, the best cornerback in the NFL? All right. Well, it would be um, too, too easy and too non-Friedman 
to answer this question in a really straightforward way. Um, so I'm going to give my top five cornerbacks. Uh, I did wide receiver cornerback matchups uh, each of the past two years. I'm not doing them this year because uh, I just don't want to. Frankly, it takes a lot of time to comb through wide receiver cornerback matchup uh, data each week. And Jeff Radcliffe at FTN, he already does it and he does a great job of it, a better job than I could do. So I defer to him and then I just leverage his research. So using what I learned in analyzing wide receiver cornerback matchups the past two years and then using uh, you know, Jeff's analysis, Jeff's data, Jeff's wide receiver cornerback tool at FTN, here are my top five. I mean, number one is easy. It's Jalen Ramsey. He's big. He's fast. He's good. He can handle all types of wide receivers. He can play outside on the perimeter where a lot of the big, you know, kind of quote unquote prototypical alpha type of receivers where they tend to line up, but he can also play in the slot. And that's going back to his days in college where he played frequently in the slot. We've seen him do it in the NFL, given his versatility, his size, athleticism, everything. He, he has to be number one. He's the total package. Number two might be a surprise to some people. I'm going with Marlon Humphrey, uh, the top cornerback for the Ravens. Uh, two years ago, when Tavon Young and Jimmy Smith were injured, Marlon Humphrey really assumed the role of the top cornerback in that group. He was shadowing players all over the field, perimeter moving into the slot, and then the team traded for Marcus Peters. And then Jimmy Smith returned. And Marlon Humphrey moved into the slot where he played full-time. And then Jimmy Smith gets hurt. Marcus Peters gets hurt. Marlon Humphrey moves back out to the outside. So he can really do it all. He can line up across the formation. He can shadow. He can play, I think, in a number of, of alignments and schemes. He's, I mean, he's very good. He doesn't get targeted that often because his guy is normally covered. When his guy does get targeted, he doesn't give up big plays. So Marlon Humphrey, to me, is number two. Number three is Jair Alexander. He emerged last year as an elite talent. Previously, he had been good and then really bad. He would have stretches of being good, and then Adam Thielen would destroy him. Last year, he was able to be good for basically the entire year. He didn't shadow a lot of wide receivers. They basically used him just on one side of the field, especially in the second half of the season. And we haven't seen him shadow this year either. He's just hanging out on one side, shutting down that side of the field. There's utility to that. And he does it really well. I mean, he, he allows very few yards in his coverage, but he's not taking it upon himself or his, his coaches aren't letting him be the guy week in, week out, who shadows the opposing number one receiver. So some people might have him number two. For me, he's number three because he's not the strong shadow presence that other guys are. Number four, Tredavious White with the Bills. I mean, I think he's underrated. Good size. He's versatile. He shadows, if not every game, every other game. He shadows a range of wide receivers. He's got good athleticism. He just doesn't move into the slot. And then number five, 
James Bradbury with the Giants. Great size, really physical press man corner. He's not as good against these smaller, faster wide receivers, but he's great. <laughs> Sorry, he's great against the big guys. And those are often the, the wide receivers that give smaller cornerbacks uh, the problem because they can just sort of bully them with their ball skills and with their physicality. And they can't do that with Bradbury because he's close to wide receiver size. I, w- I wouldn't say that he's like Richard Sherman-esque, but he has that type of physical playing style where it's hard for a big receiver to take advantage of him. So Bradbury for me is number five. And then going the extra mile here with this answer, I would say an honorary mention, you have to mention Stefan Gilmore. For a long time, he was the gold standard, one defensive player of the year. Last year, he regressed, and then he hasn't played this year. So we we kind of don't know. I don't think I can include him in the top five at this point. But if he returns this year and looks great, then he's back in the top five. See, you got more bang for your buck there, Capper, because you asked for one, and Matt gave you six. Matt, before we get on to the next question here, I have to interject with some breaking news from the Thursday night game. Christian McCaffrey ruled out with a hamstring injury here in the second quarter. Yikes. Well, that sucks. That really sucks. That's not great. All right. Moving on. Chalk at 101 Chalk wants to know, is Tyson Williams a league winner? I doubt it. Um, the Ravens seem intent on splitting the backfield and not overusing any given back. Um, I mean, Williams, he's been impressive. He's been efficient. He's been explosive. He has six targets, uh, which for a Ravens running back is, is pretty good through two games. Um, but he's played just around 50% of the snaps. I mean, it's hard for a guy to make a league winning type of impact on just half of the snaps. Now, he wasn't expensive to acquire, which means if he does well, he can make a difference to your team. So I think he's a difference-making type of player, but he's not a a league-winning type of player. He's not going to be impactful enough on his own to win you the league. Now, he has 187 yards in a touchdown. That's very good. Like On the surface, that is really good. But he has just 11 carries and three targets per game. That's basically like Javante Williams level usage. And like at this point, we're not talking about Williams, despite what I said in the first question, like we're not talking about Williams as a potential league winner unless he's able to get more usage. And I just don't see the path for Williams getting more usage Uh, and his efficiency is going to decline. So if his usage doesn't pick up, then he will just be a nice running back to slash flex player that you got on the cheap but not a league winner. All right. The next question up comes from 8-Bit Tea Time at 8-Bit Tea Time NFT. He wants to know, mac and cheese as a hot dog topping. Yes or no? So I'm going to say philosophically, yes, because anything can be a hot dog topping. That's part of what makes hot dogs great. It, It can be almost anything that you put on a hot dog it's still going to taste good because in the grand scheme of things, you're eating a hot dog. But I have to say there there is an exception here for me. Years ago, I ate a hot dog with mac and cheese on it, and then I got sick. And in all fairness, I was eating 
a lot of other hot dogs that day too. It was just a, a hot dog festival. Um, but that was the one that pushed me over the indulgence edge uh, with the mac and cheese. And uh, as I was, uh, you know, vomiting it back up, that was the one that really stood out. So uh, yes, in theory, you can put mac and cheese on a hot dog. But for me personally, I would say anything except mac and cheese is a topping for a hot dog. I will say there is definitely a very devout group of people who will maintain that there are only three acceptable hot dog toppings, mustard, relish, and stagnant cart water. I am completely with you. Uh, if it, I, I, I'm team ketchup on a hot dog, I, like there are people that consider that sacrilege. I, I'm with you. Anything goes on the hot dog. If Look, you want it on the hot dog, put it on the hot dog. Why would you want to limit yourself? In the whole wide world of all of the culinary choices out there, why would you want to constrict yourself to just mustard and relish or maybe some onions, whatever it is, like the, the ballpark toppings? As great as those are, why limit yourself to just those? I, I am in complete agreement with you. This is not like the pineapple on pizza debate. This is something where a hot dog is like a per a hot dog's almost like pasta where, you know, like it's all about the, t- the, the, the hot dog obviously in, is included in it, but the toppings really do. It, it's a conveyor of toppings. All right, Tom, I appreciate the contributions you have made to this show so far. I need to know pineapple. On the, you know what? I don't. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't want to know because it might. It might cross a line that I don't want us to cross. We'll, we will save that for another episode of the mailbag. Let's get to the next question. <laughs> All right, we will leave that one up for now. I will say though, I am a New Jersey native. Take that for what you will. Daniel C wants to know: Should I give up Mooney Myers and Mike Davis for Clyde Edwards Hilaire, or is that giving up too much? All right. I like this question because of what I think can be gleaned from it. So like to me, yeah, it's a a question about, you know, just these four players, but it's also a question, a larger question about how it is that you examine trades. So at first glance, it feels like it's too much because I think, oh, Mooney, Myers, like Mike Davis, those guys are all kind of startable. You're giving away three players for Edwards Alaire, who is really underperforming at this point. Um, you know, Mooney and Mooney and Myers, they are like viable fringe starters. And maybe if you trade them, you hurt your wide receiver depth. Okay. But here's the thing. You hopefully almost never are going to start Mooney and Jacoby Myers. If you are needing to start those guys, you have already lost your league. Like you need better wide receivers than that. So I am assuming that they are expendable that you don't need them and you won't be starting them. And with that in mind, that means you can basically trade away two guys you don't need, two guys you hope never to start, two guys who are basically useless to the destiny of your roster. And in doing that, you can upgrade from Mike Davis to Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So yeah, I think you do that trade. If you can trade away guys who do not make a real difference to your team in order to upgrade a spot in your starting lineup, you do it. So it feels like a lot to give away, but you're not really giving away all that much. 
All right, the next question up coming from Eric Place in the Discord. Normally, we stay away from the stardom sit-ems, but he wants to know Barkley or Gaskin this Sunday in a full-point PPR league, and that just tells us one thing. That, that tells us something bigger. Yeah, so as Tom mentioned, for the mailbag show, I want to try to avoid your general start sit, but this question is so emblematic of where we are at this moment with Saquon. Like, we always knew entering the season that there was going to be a ramp up period that it wouldn't be week one is here. Saquon gets 20 touches. Everything is great. He's fully back. We knew he was going to be eased in, especially because of the week two Thursday night game. And everything has basically played out according to that plan. But here's the thing. He did play 84% of the snaps in week two on Thursday night football. He did that after having just played four days before. And now he has three days of rest. He's the clearly back in his offense. He's going up against the Falcons. Like I'm, I'm going to pull a Costanza. This is the signal, Jerry. This is the signal, right? Like the fact that we are asking this question Barkley versus Gaskin. And that's not to mean that it's a, like a bad question based on what we've seen. It's a fair question, but the fact that we are at this point of comparing these two players, like that is the sign that we are at the capitulation point. Now is the time to buy Barkley low. Now is the time to get him in your starting lineups and treat him like the RB one that he is. It is all up from this point. I'll be right back. I'm going to go make some trade offers in a couple of my <laughs> leagues. All right. T Tim GS. That's what we're going with. T underscore IMGS on Twitter wants to know, should I quit fantasy football or live to fight another day? And this brings us into a very deeper conversation about life. Yeah. So I think this question is something of a joke, but I'm going to take it in an area of a little more seriousness for me, fantasy sports. It's a job. For professional DFS players, it's a means of living, right? But for most people, it's just a fantastic way to waste time. It's entertainment. It's something that you do with your family and friends to help you enjoy football even more. If it stops being fun, if it starts to take away from the bigger things in your life, more important things, the things that you are responsible to, then yeah. Think about stopping. I know guys who loved fantasy sports were, I mean, obsessed with it, lived it, breathed it, you know, waking up, listening to fantasy football podcast, going to sleep, thinking, <laughs> thinking about trades, right? Mining the waiver wire, totally obsessed with it. Eventually they had to give it up so that they could be quote unquote adults you know, so they could have families and responsibilities and jobs and all of that other stuff that people aspire to. You have to prioritize, right? If you can do fantasy sports and do all of the other things that you want, then that's awesome. Then you're, then you're just living the dream, right? But if you can't, then you have to make a choice. I chose fantasy football and I, I'm kind of joking when I say that, but like, I'm kind of serious. Like there were other things I could do with life. Uh, I, I chose to focus on fantasy football and that just became the job. 
um, you choose what your priorities are. If fantasy football is your priority, then keep on doing it. If it isn't, then quit. Uh, you know, pretty simple and, and no judgment, no judgment on which way you go. You just have to decide what it is you want to do. And you're right. I mean, you're, you're one of the ones that said, I'm going to do what I love and never work a day in my life. Right. No, it's not. I mean, it's, it's work. work. It's, no, work. No, it's work. It's work. It's work. I mean, Tom, I feel I'm, I'm, I'm talking, I'm talking to you right now instead of watching Thursday night football. It is work. <laughs> that is true. Let's get through a couple more questions so we can get back to the enjoyment part of it. Cameron Reef at Cameron Reef on Twitter wants to know, I know it's not an AMA. Well, guess what for you? It is mailbag day. I have Kelsey and Higby and was offered Aaron Jones for Travis Kelsey straight up. I have Zeke Sanders and Mike Davis as my running backs. What should I do? I like this question because it takes me back to the draft strategy thread that I tweeted out in August. I said I would have five running backs at the top of my board. And then I would have Travis Kelsey, number six. And those five running backs, some of them are pretty obvious. Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry. And then number five was Aaron Jones. And Aaron Jones was the guy that I took some heat for, one, because I had him that high. And then two, because I had him ahead of Zeke. Now, what we've seen through two weeks and like, yeah, this is, I've kind of taken my victory lap on Twitter. But it's not really so much a victory lap as it's just like right now saying like what we've seen through two weeks hasn't changed my perspective that I had entering the year. So I pretty much still view Aaron Jones as a guy who is right next to to Kelsey in the rankings, literally five and six, but who is ahead of Kelsey because I do prioritize that running back position. And as we've seen, it is so hard to find consistent running back production. And I think with the ceiling and the floor combination that Aaron Jones has in that Packers offense, I think he's worthy of being a top five player. So especially since you have Higby and you're not taking a massive drop, I would trade Kelsey for Aaron Jones. I would do it. All right. And our final question here was in fact that one matt so we are good to go where can people no. find no what no? are you doing oh what are my. you doing i skipped over mason i am sorry here i had it scrolled down because i had scrolled down all right anyway lifting back the curtain there we do have one more question mason dixon at mason dixon fantasy football wants to know is rondale an asset we should be starting weekly and side note how hard would cam makers be smashing with the rams right now Yes. If Cam were healthy, based on the usage we've seen Daryl Henderson get, and then obviously based on everything Cam Akers had going for him, I mean, lock it up. He would be a top six fantasy running back. Alas, not going to happen. As for Rondell Moore, yeah, I think he's a weekly starter right now. I think he's a weekly starter. He's a wide receiver three flex type of option for week three. But just look at what he's done in his first two NFL games as a part-time player. He's already leading his team in targets and he's producing like a top tier talent. And that makes sense. He is a top tier talent as an 18 year old, true freshman, four-star recruitment pedigree, fantastic athlete, all around playmaker. He dominated in the big 10. 
right? A, a conference known for defense. He dominated as early as he could, as young as he could in college. He dominated as a receiver. He dominated as a runner. He dominated as a return man. Like, we should expect him to be great in the NFL. And, and that's what he has been. Through two games, he has been great. On unlimited usage, he's been great. Now, some people, I think, are looking at the limited usage and thinking like, oh, this can't last. Like, he's going to regress. Okay, that's possible. But it's also possible, and I would say likely, based on what he's done, that he's just going to get more playing time. But kind of big picture, think of this. Who does this sound like? There's this promising, undersized, fast, playmaking rookie wide receiver with outlandish production. A guy who can't possibly maintain this type of production. He's bound to regress. You know who that sounds like? Like no one wants to say who this sounds like, but like everybody knows this is Tyreek Hill. This is 2016 Tyreek Hill. That's the type of player. That's the type of talent that Rondell Moore is. Yes, you start Tyreek Hill. Even as a rookie, you start Tyreek Hill. Even when he's not playing every snap, you start Tyreek Hill. If you like winning, if you like fantasy points, if you like dominating your competition, you start Rondell Moore. You start him every single week. Tom, that's the last question. There we go. Now, Matt, where can people find you? Where can people find all of the awesome content that you're putting out? All right. So on Fridays, presumably the day that you are listening to this, uh, I will be publishing my fantasy football breakdown at FTN Fantasy. On Thursday, I published my uh, best bets piece at FTNBets.com. I have the tracker, the bet tracker at FTN Bets, where I put in all of my sides, totals, and player props. So check that out. And also, of course, check out the show for Bets TV. All right. That is this that is the show thanks to our sponsor the FTA network where you can find all of my written content as well as my nfl sides totals and player props use the promo code friedman for 20 percent off at ftn also subscribe to the best tv channel on youtube and rate review and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app again multiple podcast apps that would be great you can find me and tommy b on twitter at matt f the oracle and tv at work thanks for joining us and see you next episode Keep your plan to retire. Don't retire your plan. Allianz provides lifetime income that's guaranteed in any market. Long live retirement. Visit Allianz at longliveretirement.com. Annuities are issued and guaranteed by Allianz Life Insurance Company of North America. When it comes to delivering customer support, there are some things you don't want teams to hear. Intercom's streamlined support platform clears up space for more organized workflows and peace of mind. Our business messenger uses chatbots, shared inboxes, apps, and more. Who doesn't like the sound of that? Intercom. Less of this. And more of this. To learn more, go to intercom.com support.
If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review. When it comes to delivering customer support, there are some things you don't want teams to hear. Intercom's streamlined support platform clears up space for more organized workflows and peace of mind. Our business messenger uses chatbots, shared inboxes, apps, and more. Who doesn't like the sound of that? Intercom. Less of this. And more of this. To learn more, go to intercom.com support. Live from a basement in Dubuque, Iowa. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. 30 minutes from the Field of Dreams and four hours from the closest professional sports team. It's not a lie if you believe it. On the banks of the Mississippi River. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. It's the Degenerate Sports Betting Show with Matthew Friedman. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. And now your host, Matthew Friedman. Hello, everyone. I'm Matt Friedman, Matt F. The Oracle. Welcome to the Degenerate Sports Betting Podcast, brought to you by Best TV and sponsored by the FTN Network, where you can get all the season-long and daily fantasy and sports betting content that your degenerate heart desires, including my fantasy football write-ups and my NFL size totals and player props. Use the highly original promo code FRIEDMAN for 20% off at FTN. That is FRIEDMAN for 20% off at FTN. Thanks for checking out our new show. Subscribe to the Bets TV channel on YouTube and please rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. All right. It is Friday afternoon, which means it's time for our weekly Propapalooza episode where I highlight my favorite prop for every NFL game played on Sunday. First, though, let's take a quick look at Thursday night football. Producer Tom, Thomas Viola, my sidekick on the controls, the connoisseur of pasta. Tom, get us started. Give us some of the quick highlights from Panthers Texans last night well Matt the Panthers won 24 to 9 easily covering the spread of anywhere from seven to eight and a half depending on where and when you got it game sales under the already low total of 43 and a half and of course the most notable news Sam Darnold did play well but we will be without Christian McCaffrey for a few weeks he hurt his hamstring very very unfortunate there However, he apparently is not going on IR. They expect it to only be a couple weeks, so we hope that he has a speedy recovery. And then J.C. Horn also got hurt in the game, the Panthers' rookie corner, and we hope that he is okay. Yeah, tough injuries for both guys. Um, the hamstring issue with McCaffrey in particular, uh, you know, that can linger for a while, uh, so really unfortunate there. Uh, some of my you know, kind of big-picture takeaways from the game – I was on the Panthers at minus seven, the under at 43 and a half. And I mentioned on yesterday's show that Mark Ingram over nine and a half carries was my favorite prop. That one didn't hit. Uh, oh, well. But, uh, you know, got there on the Panthers in the under. Uh, the game played out very much the way that uh, I thought it would without Tyrod Taylor at quarterback for the Texans. You know, again, didn't hit on the Ingram prop. Uh, Philip Lindsay got more work than I thought he would. I did hit on Dan Arnold under 24 and a half yards receiving just barely got there and Brandon Cooks over five and a half receptions that one easily cleared I mean Cooks by the way three games in 32 targets 23 receptions 322 yards receiving that 100 to one ticket on Brandon Cooks still very much live at this point in the season 
This game was total domination by the Panthers. They're now three and zero against the spread. They've had a, they've had an easy schedule, so you know you have to take the three and zero against the spread, you know, kind of with a grain of salt. But you shouldn't take away from them the strides that they have made this year as a franchise, and especially with new quarterback Sam Darnold. Panthers had 407 yards on offense, 5.8 yards per play versus 3.9 yards per play for the Texans. Darnold had 304 yards passing, back-to-back 300-yard passing games for the first time in his career. No turnovers for the Panthers. The defense held the Texans to one of nine on third down. And DJ Moore, I mean, he's looking fantastic. Had 12 targets, eight receptions, 126 yards. Again, the uh, the 40 to one ticket on him to lead the league receiving that is also still live. 285 yards receiving on the year for him. Chuba Hubbard in relief for Christian McCaffrey was the clear lead back. Had 11 carries, five targets. Um, yeah, the leagues where he's available, he will be a clear waiver priority for Week Four. Uh, the Texans without Tyrod Taylor, I mean, they still look like a team to bet against, and the Panthers. I still think they're a team to bet on, especially looking ahead a little bit. Week four on the road in Dallas, they will be underdogs and they will have four extra days of rest because they're playing on Thursday night football. Cowboys playing on Monday night football. Just something to keep in mind as we move forward into the weekend. All right, let's talk some props. I don't want to give away too much. I want to make sure that everyone's subscribing to FTN bets and looking at what everyone is putting into the FTN bet tracker is still getting some value, maintains an edge. So I'm highlighting just one prop per game that I like. Of course, more props will be put into the bet tracker throughout the weekend. Uh, I also have a piece at FTN Bets highlighting my best bets for week three. Be sure to check that out. There is a link to it in the show description. As a reminder, I'm using three main resources when I'm researching and betting on props. All of them are available at FTN. I use... Number one, Jeff Ratcliffe's player props table. It's one of the best tools in the industry for helping you quickly compare lines across different sports books and compare them to the edge that is projected based on what it is that Jeff is doing with his projections. The second tool is the prop shop. And the third tool are site-wide projections. All right, Tom, let's get into it. Set me up. What game are we talking about first? First up on the docket, we are headed to football team at Bills. Where are you going in this one? All right. I'm looking at Josh Allen under 37 and a half yards rushing. You can get this at BetMGM at minus 115. Just last week, Daniel Jones ran all over Washington. 95 yards and a touchdown in a primetime spot. And Allen certainly has the ability to do something like that with his his rushing athleticism. But the thing is, over the past year, he's evolved into more of a pocket passer. Since last year, Allen has had fewer than 37 and a half yards rushing in 13 of 18 regular season games. So he could run against uh, against Washington. I just think he's going to stay in the pocket. That's what we've seen the last season. I think that continues to be the case. The next game up, the Browns laying seven as they host the Bears, and you're looking at another quarterback prop in this one. Yeah, I'm looking at Justin Fields in his first NFL start, over 207.5 yards passing at BetMGM minus 115. This line feels 
egregiously, aggressively low. Fields did, I mean, I'll admit, he did very little in relief of injured starter Andy Dalton last week, but he came in in the middle of the game. It's not as if the Bears were planning on him playing, so they weren't prepared for him to be doing the things that I expect he will be doing in this game. So what we saw last week, I think it's not representative of really who he is and how he will be used in this game. On top of that, Fields, I think, has a a pretty decent chance of benefiting as a road underdog, pretty significant road underdog in this spot. So the Bears might be put into a position where they have to throw quite a bit and that gives him a chance to hit the over here. I think this line should be at least 20 yards higher. The Lions are catching eight points when they host the Ravens, and you've got a player prop on everybody's favorite fantasy waiver wire pickup. Yeah, that's right. I'm looking at Tyson Williams, under 13 and a half carries. You can get this at bet MGM minus 110. Williams has nine and 13 carries in his two games, and the Ravens are still using a committee backfield. So I think just in a in a neutral situation, I don't know if Tyson Williams would have a great chance of hitting the over. But they're big road favorites. And while you think that might mean they're going to rely on the running game and maybe that means more carries for Tyson Williams, I think it actually might mean the opposite. Like I think it might mean that the Ravens opt not to give him the carries when they're ahead, but instead they give those carries to the new guys, Latavius Murray, Devontae Freeman, give them the late game carries when they're ahead to give those guys some real in-game reps so they can get used to operating in a new offense. So Tyson Williams, under 13 and a half carries. I think this line should probably be closer to 11 and a half or 12 and a half. The Colts and Titans currently don't have any props on the board because of the Carson Wentz injury. So we are going to skip right over on to Chargers and Chiefs where the Chargers are getting seven points in Kansas City, and you're looking at the number one tight end in the game. Yeah, just not the number one tight end in the game. If you looked at fantasy points scored, Travis Kelsey would be the wide receiver three after Cooper Cup and Tyler Lockett, which is just unbelievable how prolific that guy is at the tight end position. That said, I'm going under, under seven and a half receptions. You can get this at DraftKings minus 115. And I just have to say, like, Anytime I bet a Travis Kelsey under, it hurts my stomach. Like it, it really does. I hate taking unders on Travis Kelsey, but he could go under seven and a half receptions and still have a great game. And that's what we've seen in weeks one and two. He had six receptions, seven receptions, still fantastic production because he's getting targeted near the end zone, scoring touchdowns, um, you know, really efficient with his targets. But that doesn't mean he still has to have over seven and a half targets. So there's a path to Kelsey being fantastic and still hitting the under, which uh, gives me a little more ease entering into this. On top of that, he has a tough matchup. Um, I think he's going to face for a lot of the game, all pro strong safety Derwin James. Now in Kelsey's three games against James, he's really, he's underperformed. In week one of 2018, he had maybe the worst game of his career. Six targets, one reception for six yards. In week 15 of 2018, he had seven receptions, 61 yards on nine targets. 
And then in week 17 of 2019, five targets, three receptions, 24 yards. So over the past three plus years, those have been some of Kelsey's worst games. It's a tough matchup. So there's the possibility Kelsey has a great game and still hits the under. And then there's just the possibility that Kelsey has a bad game going against one of the best defenders in the league. So either way, regardless of how it works out, I think betting under seven and a half receptions is the way to go here. And then next up, the Saints, they are in a they're going to be in a tight one of the books expect against the Patriots. Patriots getting to uh, laying two and a half at home. Alvin Kamara is where you're looking at on the prop market. Yeah, uh, Kamara under 15 and a half carries. I bet this at DraftKings at minus 115. Uh, that line has moved. You can get it now at BetMGM at minus 125. That is the best line out there. Uh, and again, you can easily find the best lines out there by using our prop shop tool at FTN Bets. But Alvin Kamara under 15 and a half carries. In week one, he had 20 carries. That was the second highest total of his career. But last week, he regressed to eight. And last year, he had more than 15 and a half carries in just two of 15 games. As great as Kamara is, he is more of a receiving back who does enough as a runner instead of a runner who's really great in the passing game. So I think it's pretty easy to go under 15 and a half carries here. Next up, Falcons and Giants. Who are you looking at this one, Matt? I can't believe I can't believe I am doing this. Uh, but Olamedia Olamidi Zacchaeus under 34 and a half yards receiving. DraftKings minus 115. I can't believe that there's a prop for this guy to begin with. Um that's that's the biggest thing that I kind of can't believe that he is important enough to this offense that they are making a prop for him. And then I can't believe that this prop is so high. 34 and a half. This line is so, so bad. It should be closer to 14 and a half than to 34 and a half. Number two wide receiver, Russell Gage. He's out or expected to be out with an ankle injury. So Zacchaeus should see an increase in playing time. He will probably be the number two wide receiver in week three. So that's, that's nice. Like that's great for him. I don't think it's going to end up mattering. That still doesn't mean he's going to get enough targets to hit the over. At this point, Zacchaeus is behind Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, Mike Davis, probably Corderell Patterson, and maybe even Hayden Hurst, and maybe even fullback Keith Smith in terms of target priority. But he is just not a priority within this offense. So easy to hit the under here, 34 and a half yards receiving. I mean, famous last words, but this is the this is my favorite prop that I've seen so far all year. So I really like this one here. Big, big prediction there from Hat. All right, let's move on. Bengals. That. I wish I wouldn't have said that because it, it, it <laughs> have like a hundred yards. Oh yeah. You, you yeah. locked in like the best yeah. fantasy performance we're going to see this season just yeah. now. All right. Bengals at Steelers. Bengals are catching three and you are going with their bell cow back. Yeah. I'm looking at 
Joe Mixon over 17 and a half carries. You can get this at DraftKings at plus 100. Mixon has 20 and 29 carries in his two games this year. He has a league high 89% share of his team's carries over his past 16 games. All of those with Zach Taylor's head coach. And it's going back to 2000 to 2019. Mixon has averaged 21.6 carries per game, and he's failed to go over 17 and a half carries just three times within that span. The Bengals want to run the ball, and I think they're going to. And when they do it, Mixon's the guy who's going to carry it. It's over 17 and a half. I'm not going to say this this feels like a, a gimme, feels like a smash, but I think there's fantastic value here, especially getting it at plus money. Next up, Cardinals at Jags, and you're seeing this one as an under day for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, uh, under 38 and a half pass attempts. You can get this at points bet, minus 120. The Jags will need to run, or will need, sorry, they will need to rely on the passing game to keep up with the Cardinals. But that doesn't mean that they actually will do that because they are an incompetent organization. Also, even if they want to pass, they might not be able to sustain drives because they are an incompetent organization. And then once the Cardinals get the ball, I think they're going to be able to keep it, be able to sustain drives with their running game. And I don't think the Jags are actually going to be able to stop them on defense because they are an incompetent organization. So you put all of that together and it points me to Trevor Lawrence under 38 and a half pass attempts. The Jets at Broncos, speaking of incompetent organizations, and you're going with Teddy Bridgewater in this one. Yeah, I'm looking over eight and a half yards rushing, bet MGM minus 115. I don't think of Teddy Bridgewater as a runner, especially because early in his career, uh, he wasn't a runner. But since returning to action last year, uh, when he was you know, the full-time starter for the Panthers, he's been much more willing to leave the pocket and use his legs scrambling. Since last year, he's averaged 17.6 yards per game as a runner, and he's gone over 8.5 yards rushing in 12 of 17 games. So I think there's pretty significant value here on the over 8.5 yards rushing. Next up, the Dolphins, they are headed here to Vegas to play the Raiders. And you like Derek Carr to be a little pass happy. Yeah, I mean, one of the the biggest surprises of the season has been Derek Carr really letting it rip uh, for the Raiders and, and the team as a whole, really steering into the passing attack. So I'm going over 32 and a half pass attempts at points bet minus 115 odds. He leads the league with 93 pass attempts. And going back to last season, he has gone over 32 and a half pass attempts in every game but one if you're looking at his past eight games. Uh, and the one was uh, one in which he left early with an injury. You know, So I, I think a good chance here of him hitting this. Last year against the Dolphins in week 16, he had 34 attempts. And then keep in mind, the team is probably going to be without Josh Jacobs once again. Or if he returns, he's probably going to be hampered so without Jacobs especially I think the Raiders will be leaning on the pass attack more than they would have in previous seasons 
Derek Carr over 32 and a half pass attempts. I think this line should probably be closer to 34 and a half or 35 and a half. The Buccaneers taking on the Rams in what should be one of the most fun games of the week. And you're liking, all right, we're going with a wide receiver rushing prop here. Yeah, I love that this exists. Uh, Robert Woods over one and a half yards rushing. You can get this at DraftKings at minus 125. Shout out to DraftKings for putting a prop like this on the market. I love that a rushing prop for a wide receiver exists. And uh, it speaks to just how legitimate of a rushing threat Woods actually is. Last year, he was 24, 155, and two as a runner. And this year, he's gone over one and a half yards in both games. This prop is basically asking the question, two questions really. One, do you think Woods will get at least one carry in this game? And then two, do you think he will do something with that carry? And I think the answer is yes to both. Um, you know, plus you just you haven't lived until you've sweated out the rushing over for a wide receiver. I sweated out the Tyree Kill rushing prop in the Super Bowl. First play gets six yards. The line was six and a half. They don't go back to them all night. Seahawks at the Vikings. Chris Carson, you're thinking not gonna get to 17 and a half carries. Yeah, uh, going under 17 and a half. You can get this at DraftKings minus 130. So, I mean, I was on the Carson under last week. Um, going back to it this week, pretty much the same rationale. Uh, number two back, Rashad Penny, is expected to be out with a calf injury. So Carson could see extra usage coming his way as the lead back. And he did have 16 carries in week one. But last week, he had just 13 carries. And last year, Carson in 13 games never had more than 17 and a half rush attempts. The Seahawks are favored, but I'm actually envisioning envisioning a situation where the Vikings control this game. They control it with their rushing attack, which leaves the Seahawks offense and Carson on the sideline unable to rack up plays. So uh, I do think Chris Carson under 17 and a half carries is the way to go here. And last but not least, Sunday Night Football, Packers at 49ers. And you're looking at not Aaron Jones, but A.J. Dillon here. So A.J. Dillon has really been intriguing and I would say a little bit disappointing. Uh, I was expecting more from him to this point in the year. And uh, a lot of that was based on what we saw Jamal Williams do the past four years when he was with the Packers. I thought A.J. Dillon would kind of step into the rushing load that uh, Jamal Williams had vacated. We haven't seen that. Um, and so the prop for him this week is really low. 18 and a half yards rushing at bet MGM minus 115. I'm going over. Uh, Dylan has 18 to 19 yards on four to five carries in each of his two games. So this prop is putting it right kind of in the wheelhouse, the very small wheelhouse of what Dylan has done to this point in the season. The thing is, I don't see him getting much less than four to five carries based on his talent and his role and his usage to this point in the season. But there is the potential that he gets significantly more carries, right? He could have 10 carries in this game and that really wouldn't be a surprise. And if that happens, he totally smashes but it's not likely that he's going to have only one or two carries. I don't think that's likely. 
So given the range of outcomes for him, I think the over is clearly the side to go here. I see significant value on it. I think this line should be at least five yards higher, but honestly, maybe 10. So over A.J. Dillon, 18 and a half yards rushing. All right, Matt, that is going to do it for us. Those are props for every Sunday game. Where can people go if they want to find more of them? All right, you can go to ftnbets.com. Check out the bet tracker where I have all of my sides, totals, and player props for the upcoming weekend. And that is going to do it for the show. Thanks to our sponsor, the FTN Network. Again, where you can find all of my content and all of my bets. Use the promo code FREEDMAN for 20% off at FTN. Subscribe to the Best TV channel on YouTube and rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. And you can find me and Tommy V on Twitter at Matt F. The Oracle and TV at work. Thanks for joining us and see you next episode. Here's to getting back together, to planned lunches and unplanned cookouts, to grandma's recipes and smells that take us back, to passing down plates and traditions. Here's to warm embraces and familiar faces to your best friends, becoming best friends, to scheming, dreaming, and food still steaming. Here's to laughter and love, to growing closer than ever. For all of life's get-togethers, Chinette, here's to us. Right here in greater Atlanta. Here's a little tale about hard-to-recycle plastics. Their destinies were changed. Their new lives are fantastic. What once was trash can live on as new things. With a program that complements your regular recycling. plastics can be so much more. Give this trash a second chance it was hoping Greater Atlanta's hard-to-recycle plastics can be so much more. Participate in the Hefty Energy Bag Program, happening in your neighborhood today. Please follow us on Facebook and subscribe via iTunes. Please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so. Those seeking help or advice are encouraged to obtain professional legal and medical services.